Welcome to the Council of Moms, where we talk about the things that nobody else is talking about or the things that everyone's talking about. Whatever's on your mind, if it's parent-related, the Council of Moms is here to help guide you through all of this kind of, I don't know, discussions, questions, all of it, right? I'm really excited about today's Council of Moms. I've asked everyone to introduce themselves and as a way to get to know them a little bit better, also mention maybe some something that they've said out loud that's really shocked them <laughs> as a mother. You know, the things that after you say it, you go, yeah, I never thought I would say that out loud. Uh, I'll go first. One thing that I never thought that I would say uh, when my kids were little, I remember just saying it like I'd said it a million times. I hadn't, but it was, we don't point guns at each other when we talk to Jesus. <laughs> I remember I said that and I thought, there's going to be a lot of things that come out of my mouth that surprised me <laughs> as life, a mother. And that was one of them. Yes, <laughs> also know. today with us, we have... I'm Jeanette Bennett. I have five kids, two young adults, two married, and a sixth grader. So, And one thing I never thought I would say is, um, are, are, are you going to graduate? Yeah. <laughs> she did, but <laughs> by the skin of her teeth. So, yeah. I said that too. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say that this year. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> that also, okay, good. Oh, we've all said that. Okay. Yeah. Never thought we would. I thought we'd have a 4.0 valedictorian. Oh, yeah. Okay. Of course. Good. Good to know. Okay. My name is Brooke Hoops. Um, we've got six children ranging from about 20 to eight. And um, it's hard to choose of the many things that I did not know I would say. But the first that came to my mind was a night when it was like 9.30. And I said, you have to finish your Lucky Charms before you can have dessert. <laughs> I was like, what world am I in? Who are we? That's funny. Yeah. That's great. I'm Amy Hackworth. I'm a mom to three boys, uh, ages 9 to 19. And... Uh, mine of one of many also is um, you can't pee on the church lawn. Yeah, that was it during church. Like, <laughs> during, on later, maybe. Yeah, Mondays. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. during church. Yeah. Have some respect. Yeah, it's just two hours. Let's, let's well, do it. <laughs> I appreciate you all being here um, to participate in this experiment that we call the Council of Moms. I have learned the most with my conversations with women that I admire and trust who've been through it and who are willing to be vulnerable and honest when talking about the things that we worry about or want to do better or, you know, want some vulnerability and empathy mm -hmm. <laughs> attached with. And that's what I, why I'm really proud of the, the Council of Moms and, and what we've been able to do. And having said that, we've been spending a lot of time reaching out to uh, our audience and asking them, you know, you've listened to the Lisa show and you've heard the Council of Moms. What questions do you have? And um, I got a lot of questions back and that was really interesting and eye-opening, the things that people are, are, are thinking about and talking about. A couple of them surprised me, right? So we've done a few of these, and there was a question that was kind of itching in the back of my mind that that um, was tripped by uh, a couple of questions, and that is this. And I'm going to give a little background to it, so sorry that I'm being a little um, long with this, but I, I think you'll understand it better um, if I explain it a little bit. 
I have noticed, especially when talking with women of different generations, that there are certain sort of hot topics to to every generation and every stage of parenting, right? Like what you think is so important and the the parenting question or judgment of the day changes all of the time, right? So for instance, our parents weren't talking so much about technology and how it, it does, and we're obsessed with it, right? Our sort of trends and our focuses as mothers, I think, are so important because it informs how we're raising our children. So my question is this, what are the topics, the things about parenting that we're not talking about that we should be talking about? I want to kind of take that focus back, not just on the whims of society or what's popular and coming, but what do you think all all of us have been parenting for a while? We're all, you know, looking at it from different angles. We've got life, some life experience that has taught us the good, the bad, the ugly. What are we not talking about in our discussions about motherhood that we should be talking about? The first thing that came to mind for me is like when my kids were little, it was about keeping them clean and those dirt clothes are dirty and that's you know milestones you should be reading you should you know you know your abcs and all that and now that i'm a little bit past that i think about i just want my kids i want my kids to have a lot of empathy and kindness mm. and i think i didn't focus on that maybe enough because when i see them enter even like the workforce or being a roommate if they don't have that like empathy and kindness that matters so much more than what their gpa was or if they mm-hmm. can play the piano you know yeah so i wish i would have and I still can, right? I still got kids. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to focus on that more. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of those social emotional skills. Right. I think that's something that maybe gets overlooked. Uh, it's something that I think is so valuable for kids in the same ways that you're saying. And also in terms of their resilience. I don't know. Maybe we talk about resilience a lot, but I feel like that that um, ability to handle a hard situation, to deal with something tough, uh we have for a long time, I think, been in the mode of solving problems for our kids, you know, jumping in when someone's been mean at school, those kinds of things. And of course, there are times to do that. But um, I'm right now sort of realizing how much more hands-off I could be as a parent and that it would serve my kids more than Ooh, more yeah. than I thought it would. I love both of those thoughts. And I think for me, sometimes it's looking at other generations that helps me center myself within our generation. Um, for example, my grandmother was, I think, 106 when she passed away. Wow. Not very long ago. And every time I left her home, her questions were not like, who's on the honor roll? Or who uh, is, what, what achievements are your kids attaining, right? She yeah. just would kind of look at me and look at them individually and say, how are you? How are they? And that emphasis on well-being, on being a good person, I think... Again, we talk about it, but for me, it's that prioritization um, that I think I learn about generationally is none of these things Hmm. that seem to matter matter in the long run. Yeah. Right. If you go to a funeral, it resets all that too, right? So it's like nobody's talking about how much the person weighed or like what they— Not once. Not once have they mentioned those. Yeah. It doesn't matter at that point. It doesn't matter at all. Or really their achievements. It's more of like who they were, how they made you feel. I always find it interesting that, yeah, we realize this when we look back at different generations, you know, kind of at the totality of life. Um, And I I feel like the things that we should talk about are the things that 
that we discover sort of on the way that we didn't know <laughs> was important. I hesitate to to add like one more thing, and that is not what I feel like we're doing here. I have noticed that there is so much like loneliness, isolation, disconnect, Mm -hmm. and self-judgment on moms, right? Like Mm -hmm. we feel, and if you look at it and study motherhood and parenting, we are doing more for our kids than ever, yet we feel like we're never doing enough. So it's not working. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So your call to sort of like do less to build that resilience, like they'll be okay. Yeah. Um, and not focus so much on the achievements and things like that. I, I think is is totally great. Something that has been really positive in my family that I feel like no one ever really talks about, especially like on a grand, like a, an international scale about like parenting needs more, you know, or whatever, or is just sort of the 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 joy and laughter in it, like mm-hmm. how funny it is. Mm-hmm. And I know yeah. that usually when we're talking about parents, it's like they're the butt of the jokes, you know? Like if you look at like <laughs> sitcoms and stuff, it's like it's like the doofus yeah. dad and the controlling mom. And yeah. it's just like these tropes. And I just feel like, because I love TV so much, I want it to be more interesting and more realistic. Yeah. And I wish that we were talking about like family culture more often. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of parents who ask me, oh, you guys laugh a lot or whatever. And we don't, it's not like we're laughing all the time. But um, enough so that I'm like, oh, it feels like this is not, this is counterintuitive mm-hmm. to parenting. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to be serious and you got to get good grades and you got to get a, a good yeah. meal. And like, you know, like it's, but they don't talk about the culture of yeah. it. And how do you foster like, what are the inside jokes in your family? Yeah. You know, what are the things that it, just you guys do and nobody else does that creates this sense of of uh, connection? You know, that kind of stuff I wish we talked about more, more about, um, yeah, humor and that. family culture. So last year, my third grader had a family culture project, and I love that the teacher has this. She does this every year, and she sent home a list of questions, and at first I was like really, truly drew a blank. I was like, our family culture? I don't know what it is. And then as the weeks went on, I just kept thinking of more and more and more things like that, like, oh, these are inside jokes. These are the places we love to go together. Mm -hmm. It was such an enriching project to to think about and to spend time with. And it really did take time. It really was weeks of thinking about it that that I felt like it came together in all these really great ways where I felt really proud of our family culture. But I think you're right that it had not been on my radar at all before then, you know, except to generally be yeah. kind and loving, right? Yes. A very broad, vague mm-hmm. principle-based yeah, culture. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah, this is our family culture. But to then dive into some of the things and to find pictures that represented that or to find products, mm-hmm. I thought of fun things. You know, at first I was like, we don't have any traditions that are unique to our family you know, Christmas and, you know, holidays, of course we do that. that. What is unique to our family? And then and then just thinking about it, that, oh, yeah, we do. We have a bunch, but but they weren't sort of top of mind. Anyway, right. that was really we kind of don't know what our family culture is until you marry into another family. Ooh, and then yes. you're like, oh, but they have a culture, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, that's, that's wrong. Or, yeah, I mean, you know, Here they come. Yes. Oh, <laughs> really? Come. Okay. They do that. They say that. Okay. Yeah. Priorities are there. And so it's there's so a jarring. family. <laughs> it can be, 
right. Like, yeah. And I'm part of this. Okay, good. No, it's it's great. I love my in-laws. But you yeah. do all of a sudden see another culture because I think you get used to the air you breathe. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. And you don't even, yeah, I love that you, yeah. you and your son and your family took time to really look at your culture. It was That's so cool. much fun. It really was. I feel like when we go on trips, we're better at this than other times because funny things uh, happen, right? Yeah. Like the and waitress says something funny or, you know, somebody asked to sit at your dinner table and you let them and it's like, what is happening right now? You yeah. know, and it's just funny. And so we, we try, we're not always good at this, but like in a notes in the phone, you like to write oh. down the funny phrases or the things. And then like at the end of the vacation or like a week later, as we read through, we laugh all so over great. again. It's oh, so funny. Great. Oh, that's a great idea. And, and, you know, we realize that we do have inside jokes and all of that, but sometimes I think just life starts happening and you, yeah. you yeah. don't really realize you're participating in a culture. But I do wonder if it's the anecdote for us all feeling so much pressure and like outside judgment of like, oh, well, my family, did, like, I feel this. My family doesn't look normal. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me what normal looks like. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why I'm laughing. I'm like, what do I mean? Typical, <laughs> I whatever. Yeah. And I feel the pressure of it. Sometimes I get some comments, It's, but I think mostly it's in my head, you know, based on expectations or how I was raised or whatever. And um, uh, one time someone did make a comment uh, recently about my family not being normal. And I was so offended. Mm-hmm. And it's, but it was true. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't want anyone else to, it's no, like, no, no, no. I can beat yeah. up my brother, but nobody else better touch him. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. it's like that yeah. whole whatever. Um, but it, it, it did make me think about, you know, uh, the comparison. We know that our kids, especially our teenage girls, are depressed in, in alarming rates. And I think, you know, and I'm glad we're talking about that, but what we're not talking about are real solutions. You know, we're saying, well, they should never be on their phones or we it should limit it. Absolutely. Like whatever. Everybody's different. Also, this is um, how we live in the world now. It's how we do our jobs too. Like a lot of jobs. Anyway, mm-hmm. not to, you know, go off on <laughs> that. But my point is, is, is I wish that we were talking about ways to make that help them and ourselves feel more connected, feel more yes. a part of something, feel yes. less isolated. And 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 for me, that like a strong family, like culture of like, yeah, we're we we don't like we don't like sports ball. We like, <laughs> yeah. you know, this band. Everybody wants Taylor yeah. Swift tickets, but our family wants these tickets. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. It, but but that kind of like leaning into the differences instead of trying to hide them, mm-hmm. which is I think what we do a lot of times on social media, I think is sure. I wish people were talking about that a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. And I I think it's an actual paradigm shift. For so long I I feel like I spent time in the space of what we weren't mm, or what, yeah. what I wasn't, yeah. you know, kind of that list um, of this mom does this and the, you know, that watching and, and families and children, um, that growing in that comfortability of this is what we are, we're the family mm-hmm. that dot, dot, dot. And I think mm. building that within myself even has oh, yeah. allowed our fam- family to build that. Like, we are noisy at dinner. We are not a one person, you know, talks oh, yeah. at the same time at dinner, which maybe when we have guests, I'm like, okay, everybody listen. Like, like, let's just take a minute to listen or, you know, whatever. And, and then I realize when we have guests, you're going to laugh a lot. You know, Noelle's going to use funny voices and make us all laugh and we might not listen to or whatever it is. Yeah. Growing in that comfortability, I think, breeds that sense of identity in a good way. 
Oh, yeah, and I also so think great. that when you guys were talking about talking about kindness and looking out, you know, and that, I mean, that's that's where to do it. That's where we do yeah. it, right? In our yeah. families. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you were talking about we don't talk about solutions, that's how I feel about all those problems and challenges. And I feel like sometimes the culture of parenting, for me, mm-hmm. has such a broad range of things that I do worry about with my kids, right? And I know that these are concerns, things like screen time and social media totally. and loneliness and isolation. And I think the focus on all those problems sometimes takes away my sense of power to do anything about a solution, right? I would be better off choosing one thing that I really consciously focused on, like saying what we are, mm-hmm. but I think we get swept away sometimes. Yes. In the, so so I just, you know, lay awake at night worrying mm-hmm. instead of saying, here's one thing I can do. The problem so, feels so vast that I just feel sort of powerless about about it. I love what you're saying about focusing on what we do, not yeah. what we don't do, like playing offense instead of defense. Oh, if that's so a sports good. ball reference, we I can love use. it. I'm here for <laughs> it. But like, because I stage direction, but whatever. In my mind, <laughs> it's fine. Kids are so sick of us talking to them about their phones, right? And what yeah. they shouldn't be doing on their phones, and what the, how many hours they shouldn't be spending. But what if we talked about more about what we want our culture to be, Great. and not just even talking about it, but like creating it, like yeah, you know. Well, like making notes, like yeah. you were saying in your phone mm-hmm. yeah. of funny things. That's a family bonding thing, but you're right. also using your phone. Yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. You know? A little quote word. Like that's bonding to laugh about totally. that. Totally. To have a family text thread that has, you know, some funny things, yeah. maybe irreverent things, old photos that you pull out that are just— A lot of stuff I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> so true. But I like well, that you my can kids ha and Google it yeah, later. Go, oh, that's cool. Google, Google, what oh, is yeah, that? Right? Oh, yeah. Was that funny or not? Yeah, but I like that, like focusing on creation instead of just fixing, you know? Yeah. And also I think a culture can't just be created by one person. No. You know? Wow. Like my mom is always like wanting us to do these family talent shows and no one wants to do them. I feel attacked. (laughs) And the thing is like. Sorry, go on. I hope this ends well. (laughs) I am not mom. (laughs) And I love a good talent show, especially if it, you know, you you can do funny things as part of it and not have serious poetry readings or something. But like. But, you know, I think it takes everybody to create a culture Mm -hmm. so that it's not just Uh, we're pulling off mom's idea of what's fun, you know. That's so great. And I don't really know how you collectively do that, but I think it's over time and I think it's involving everyone. Maybe your your culture doesn't look exactly like it would if you were completely in control of the culture. But that's okay. Right? But it's that openness, I think. That willingness to say, oh, you're individuals. You you guys, all you kids are individuals. You have your own ideas. You have your things you want to bring to this. I'd love to hear what you want to do, you know. I I think, think yeah, one way you can do that, like when we go on vacation, I always ask the kids, well, what's one thing that you want to do on this vacation that's like fun Mm. for you? Yeah. Um, and now as I'm talking, I'm thinking about <laughs> my kids wanted to go on roller coasters and I was like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> but I probably should have said yes. So that's a bad example. But, um, but yeah, it's a having them per- example. Per- it is. participate. So for- oh, you know? We had a very similar moment when we had an idea in mind, Rich, my husband and I, of what we wanted to have happen. And then I don't know why we sat everybody down and said, what would you guys? It was you with got- a trip. And it was like, what What are your ideas? And then as they started spouting ideas that did not match up with what we had kind of fully already <laughs> planned. And then by the end, one of the kids said, so are we just going to kind of go with your idea? And I was like, okay. And, and so the next go around, we did, we had kind of a staycation that year and we did, we yeah. let each pit, each child pick a treat, an mm-hmm. activity, 
And some of them, there were many that did not want to do that one thing. But that built unity in we are all behind this one child's idea to go on the space simulator or, you know, whatever those (laughs) things were. And that I think you can't have a hidden agenda when you are seeking that out. See, but I love talking about like real solutions for that, like you were saying. Like it's one thing to talk about all of the things that we should be stressed about, about parenting. Like I get it. There's a list in my head just like you, Amy. But real solutions, like, well, what do you guys do? How yeah. do you do this? Yeah. You know, What's that going to look like? Do this well. So a tip about that I just learned this week I'm really excited about. It seems so obvious, but it's just so great that when offering kids choice so that we can genuinely offer them a choice, we offer them two choices we're okay with. Right? This or that. Yeah, this or that. I like both options instead of having that, you know, like, wait, what? You, that's not what you were supposed to choose. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, how could you? The $2,000 choice. You know, we're always like, this costs around $50. And our kids are like, let's. <laughs> I love it when I ask my kids, yeah, what do you want to do? And they're like, we're going to go to the store and buy this. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, wait a second. <laughs> that will last five minutes and only cost me. <laughs> I wonder um, when you guys like get around like your friends and you really like have, like you really need to talk about something that's bugging you about your your parenting or something that you just need to unload or process. Um, what, what kinds of things do you really talk about? Like for like, cause maybe we're just making, I'm making some assumptions. School. What do you really talk about? With school. It's really? so helpful for me to find a friend whose child is in a similar situation. That's not required, but it's just real helpful to have someone else say, mm-hmm. you know, oh yeah, your kid's barely going to graduate. Oh, okay. You know, what's that? Gonna, you know, oh, I'm not alone in this. So at school is a, a big one for me and challenges with school and mental health. Mm-hmm. Those, you know, with when I, again, it doesn't have to be a friend who relates, but boy, that is a comfort mm. when someone can be real and say, yeah, my child's struggling with that too, for sure. But But those are the big ones for me. It would be school. Yeah, enough. I think there was a season where it was like tips and tricks, like uh, where's the best t- place to buy this or yeah. where do you guys go? T- but for me now, the the true conversations I find myself needing are those long-term issues that don't really have a clear-cut solution. Mm-hmm. You know, things like yeah, mental health challenges or, or maybe behavioral or growth challenges that I'm finding within a, a child that I just, it, it feels unsolvable. Mm. And like I'm picking up the same problem and looking at it and then I just like put it back on the shelf <laughs> for a little while. Um, but being vulnerable and coming to friends and saying, have you guys experienced this mm-hmm. in your families or with a child or, you know, the ups and downs of life? I think those are the the meaty conversations that I crave. Oh, yeah. And I think I talk with other moms about our kids and their their approaches to faith and mm-hmm. rules and appearance that are different than maybe what mm. our parents taught us or what we were expecting and, and how should we feel about that? And it honestly feels really good to process something that feels super heavy and you're like, because it's harder sometimes to talk to your kids about oh, yeah, your about feelings about it or, yeah, or about how the expectations changing a little bit from what you were expecting and you don't want to say the wrong thing. But to have like, you know, the council of moms or your informal friend conversations, it's so helpful. And usually at the end, I'm like, oh, cool. This wasn't, this isn't the end of the world, right? Like yeah. everything's fine. Yeah. You know, I just needed someone to kind of hear me for a second and yeah. say, that's a little, that's hard, but it's okay. You yeah, know? because you believe them. Yeah, because they're yeah, really yes. going to tell you. Yeah. Right. Yes, that's. I so love great. that. I feel like um, 
for me, I've been surprised because uh, I think anytime you go through a big event and a like whether it's trauma or a, a transition, you at some level you need to have friends who understand who've been through it. Not not all the time, but at least some of the time, yes. right? And so for me, becoming a widow and becoming a single mom, like mm-hmm. and becoming single, is I didn't really have I didn't really have a mm-hmm. lot of widowed friends or single yeah. parent. I mean, I did single parent, uh, have friends, but for different reasons or whatever. And so seeking out and finding new friends um, uh, who have experienced that where I'm like, this is new to me. What do I do? You know, and for them to be like, oh, yeah, it's the worst, but you'll be fine. You know, mm-hmm. like, or they have that confidence or they're further down the line or something. Giving that perspective to me, like those kinds of conversations are ones that I never saw sought out. I never saw, you know, people talking about, and now like, I'm just obsessed with. That's so valuable. And I think we focus on our kids' mental health a lot and we worry about it and talk about it a lot. Hmm. But what about our mental health? You know, and I think friendships is a, it's huge. Mm -hmm. You know, the connection that we have with other women is just a huge component of us being able to do this. And yeah. And don't you think that too, that motherhood is so overwhelming that it's so easy for us to especially in the stages where our kids need us so much physically and emotionally that it's easy to lose those friendships and sure. and to miss out on those conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just feel like they're it's so necessary. And that so somehow necessary. it feels like a selfish priority. Yeah. You know that it feels like, oh, I I probably shouldn't steal time away, but yeah. truly it's mental health for ourselves and and Lisa as you were talking about, you know, going through this experience and then finding people Yeah. For you, then you have that opportunity to turn and be that for someone else. And I think those hard-fought experiences, if we hole up with them Mm -hmm. and aren't willing to, at a lunch, say, actually, I have a child who struggles with that too, or I know what it feels like to, you know, I think those true connections don't come without a little bit of willingness to kind of put ourselves out there and then find those amazing connections. Yeah. And it does take some vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I remember when, um, when my husband was really sick and he was like, oh, like it, life was super intense and all this stuff. And he's like, oh, you're going to talk to people about this when it's all done. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember how I felt. I, wow. I felt like, I will, why would I ever talk about like the hardest, worst things that have happened? Like, why would I? Yeah. Why would? And he's like, you will. He was right. But um, <laughs> only because other people were willing. You know, when you're desperate yeah. yes, <laughs> and you'll do anything to help your kids or to help your own mental health, you, you, you and somebody like says, okay, let me lay it out for you. Let me tell you what happened. Yeah. And it's worse than what you went through. <laughs> and There's you're like, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that sounds awful. And you're okay. You know, there yeah. there is something really bonding about that. So, you know, Talking about these things, talking about things that we're not talking about, yeah. which has been the theme of, mm-hmm. <laughs> of of this council of moms, I think, is so valuable because um, because we need each other and yeah, we have to talk about so these things. Much. We only have a couple of minutes left before we wrap up, and before we do, I really just wanted to go and ask each one of you, what is something that now you are seeking to talk about um, that you're that you're going to 
and not as like, oh, accountability, you have to talk about this, but what's on your mind as a, as a mom that you're going to have more conversations about because we're not talking about it? The first thing that comes to mind is I want to talk to my kids proactively more about the pressures they feel. I love that. I One yeah. of my, my daughters told me years after this was a difficult thing is that she felt so much pressure to be happy because she had friends that were depressed. And so she felt like she was always the one like, mm-hmm. I have to be happy in our family and in my friends. Huh. And once she kind of started to unravel that, I was like, I didn't even know you felt that pressure. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to talk to my kids a little bit more about that. I love that. Um, the first thought that came to my mind was maybe having a little bit more transparency about what I truly value. And I think um, keeping myself in check in, you know, if I were to take a percentage of the things I talk to my children about within a day, would that percentage reflect what Mm, I truly value or care about? No, clearly not, right? It's logistics, it's timelines, it's expectations, it's corrections. Um, And I think having a little bit more transparency in my conversations of here is what I really care about. Even with this event, I care that we go to grandma's house and connect with her because she's important to us rather than like everybody wash your hands and wash your face and get in the car. And and I know that sounds idealistic, right? To like ethereal say, this is why we're doing everything we're doing. But just, I love that concept of having my kids see my priorities more clearly in the expectations that I place upon them. That's really cool. And you're right. I'm sure if we all looked at the percentages, we talk about cleanliness a lot more than we really (laughs) care about and and logistics and grades. But what we really care about is how showing grandma love or whatever. Yeah. That's really cool. Be more transparent. My kids are like, what is the deal with showering? Yes. Like, you can't. <laughs> You're so <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> Hashtag obsessed. And I'm like, I know. It's time again. Oh, <laughs> you know, so but yeah. I love it. I recently read something similar to that about, about kids would be confused about the idea of how much we talk about grades. And that's true for me too. School is a huge, we have huge conversations about school that if kids didn't think, we wouldn't say grades are the most important thing about your life, but Kids think that probably mm-hmm. be good based on the amount of time that we spend. Uh, so I think I'm going to talk a little bit more about and think a little bit more about listening to my kids. Um, I've been really working on when they bring a concern, I'm used to, you know, uh, sort of pacifying it really quickly. Oh, I'm really nervous about school mm-hmm. starting. Oh, you know, your teacher's so nice. She's going to be great. I think you're going to be just fine, right? Pausing first to say, tell me more about it. What What are you nervous about? What, you know, and giving them that space to be a real person uh, and have their feelings, you know, and then save some of my, you know, shushing and, and problem solving for just a little bit later. Oh, that's so great. I probably still can't help myself. I'll probably still do it, but but listening more to learn. Put what, that in your notes. Yeah. Right. Later on. Okay. <laughs> yes. oh, this has been yes. so great. Thank you so much for really, like, it was a very vulnerable conversation, but I appreciate you being so transparent in expressing the things that, like, you really, that you really think. I do feel very passionately about motherhood and moms being able to change the world. I I. If anybody's going to get it done, it's us. And I do think that we can move the needle more by talking about the things that we're not talking about that are that have the most value. And so thank you for being part of that. I hope everyone um, 
listening had a, a really good experience and will in turn go out and collect your own council of moms and have those conversations that we're not having that we should be um, to change the narrative. Thank you for listening to the Council of Moms. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Find us on any of the podcast platforms. And if you have a question for the Council of Moms, please leave a comment for us on The Lisa Show on Instagram or Facebook. Facebook.